0: welcome to the beltway briefing the official podcast of cozen o'connor public strategies covering the news of the day and constantly evolving state of play in washington dc here are your hosts managing partner of cozen o'connor public strategies howard schweitzer and chairman of cozen o'connor
1: public strategies mark alderman mark it's tuesday october 1st happy Second. october Second podcast in in two weeks, which is very exciting. And Mark, true or false? Impeachment is a distraction from the task of beating Donald J. Trump in 2020. False is the correct answer. Why? Impeachment is part of the project
0: of defeating Donald Trump in 2020. The Democratic... Caucus in the House was left no choice by Trump, and this, by the facts by the facts which Trump generated and then disclosed in a bizarre development. I think it might have been a distraction had impeachment proceeded on the Mueller report, but this is not that. This is very understandable. This is a simple story. And as long as the inquiry keeps moving forward, I think it is all part and parcel of the election.
1: Look, I think I'm going to say it's true. Impeachment is a distraction from the task of of beating the president. It's, I don't think that they had any choice. The facts drove Nancy Pelosi to the point where she had to initiate an impeachment inquiry, but It is a distraction. It's gonna, it's gonna, suck all the oxygen out of the room. Maybe that's a good thing in the long run, but
0: well, that's we, we sure don't know. We can agree on that, but I think it's false that it's a distraction. I think that it, it presents the opportunity. For the democrats to actually demonstrate what it looks like to govern and to govern honestly and to govern constitutionally and all of that will be in the mix in november of 2020 but it it is certainly true that it's uncertain and Look, wh- which way it cuts we don't
1: know up till now i guess because the Mueller inquiry the Mueller investigation didn't go anywhere Um, that would result in his removal from office, the Democrats have been pursuing the death by a thousand cuts strategy, investigating the heck out of the guy, just as as you and I knew it would be. I mean, three years ago, we said this guy was gonna hate being president, and one of the reasons is they were gonna investigate the heck out of him. That's happened, but but now- Well, it's happened
0: since January of 2019. It has happened since Democrats took control of the House, but I don't think the impeachment inquiry is going to result in his removal from office. If it were headed towards removal from office, it would obviously be a great step forward in the, the process and project of removing Trump, but he's not going to be removed from office as a result of this inquiry. He's going to be impeached. Nancy Pelosi has the votes. Yeah, there's no question. He's going to be impeached. There's going to be some proceeding in the Senate. I don't think it ends up with him being removed from office. The question is who ends up damaged by what happens. And it it sure looks like it's Trump more than the opposition, the The loyal
1: opposition. The the thing is, and... It gets into a much bigger discussion about polls and who's paying attention to what. But at the end of the day, I mean, truly, if if you look at the electoral map, the world seems to believe that 2020 comes down to four states, which, by the way, it came down to in 2016.
0: What's Florida, the fourth?
1: Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin. And enough. he carried Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania by a grand total of 78,000 votes. He won Florida by a percentage point. All that matters at the end of the day is whether those people that made up that margin uh, change their votes or don't well, show up. No, that's what matters. It's not, nobody's not
0: enough people are changing their vote. Nobody, nobody is changing their vote from Hillary Clinton in 2016 to Donald Trump in 2020. I literally believe it to be true that there is not a single human being who is moving in that direction. It's fair to say that
1: that the president has not expanded his base.
0: Not expanded his base. And I think his base is likely to remain his base. I think he will lose some votes. There are people who reluctantly voted for him last time, who I doubt will. But the real question is who shows up to vote. And that's where the impeachment proceeding, I think, is highly relevant and could be highly motivational to a lot of people who stayed home last time.
1: I guess, but right now you've got 100% of the political oxygen in this country being consumed by the impeachment inquiry and very little going toward the campaign for the Democratic nomination, which is so critical because if we have a repeat of 2016, as far as the quality of the candidate on the other side, you're going to lose.
0: Well, I don't think
1: the impeachment
0: inquiry has stopped or even slowed the Democratic primary and, and caucus process. I think it has overtaken cable news. It's all that the political class is talking about. But meanwhile, there are some number between 10 and 20 Democrats who are in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada and elsewhere even Pennsylvania occasionally and all of that activity continues i, I think i thought you're going in a different direction which is that all of the oxygen has been sucked out of Washington by this but the rest of the country the the people who are hosting democratic candidates in Iowa are not
1: obsessed with this. I don't know. I think it's all impeachment all the time. I think the issues have gone by the wayside. I think things like the like the policy differences that are going to distinguish between Look, it, this is on the Democratic side, it's all about who catches fire. Right. And right now there's only one candidate on that side of the aisle that's caught fire and that's Elizabeth Warren. Right. That's not a she is not a recipe for successful 2020. And let me throw out my second true-false question. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll give the the correct answer to this, and then I want to say something about it. Okay. True or false? The Democrats will nominate a less polarizing figure in 2020 than they did in 2016 with Hillary Rodham Clinton. True. True.
0: The Democrats will nominate a less polarizing figure. I think that Joe Biden is still the favorite to win this nomination not by not according to much, the betting
1: markets not according to the betting markets not according to a recent poll in Iowa not according to a well, recent poll in California
0: No he's not behind in Iowa or California he's not as far ahead as he once was but it's my belief that even if your favorite Candidate among all two dozen, Senator Warren, were to storm to the nomination here. I think that in the process of beating everyone else, she is going to become formidable and she is going to be less polarizing as this campaign goes on and I believe would be a less polarizing general election candidate than Hillary Clinton. The Clintons were demonized for decades by the alt-right and the rest. And by the time she got herself nominated, Clinton was just a red flag in front of a bull to half the country. Warren still has a chance should she get herself nominated to define herself. So but I'm I'm going with true being the correct answer there, although it I'm less confident about the second answer than the first.
1: I believe that she will be a polarizing figure, that she is I mean look, she's a highly educated Ivy League law professor, smart 70-year-old I mean, she's, she doesn't have the baggage of all her husband's political problems and her own political problems, but she is a very polarizing figure. She's not polarizing to the left wing of the Democratic Party, but she is a very polarizing figure. And I know many, many people have said to me, I want to vote against Trump. I don't want to vote for Trump, but I am not voting for Elizabeth Warren. Many people. And and granted, those are people that I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Who do well, you talk you could, to? Right. Who do you talk to? Right. So the question right. is, how much is that a proxy for the people that will decide this election for the 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 highly educated, the college educated white suburban women? And 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 how much does that impact who who shows up? Well. She hasn't
0: won the nomination yet. You keep nominating but, her but if, out of dislike well, and I, fear, I think. But first of all, she hasn't won. Secondly, Elizabeth Warren would beat Donald Trump tomorrow in a in an election in Pennsylvania. Now, tomorrow is not the 2020 general election and a lot is going to happen and it It is way too soon to know who the nominee is, let alone who would win Pennsylvania in the general. But I believe that she would bring out enough people to beat a fiercely unpopular Donald Trump. And that is not adopting the Clinton strategy of just showing up because Trump can't win since we've learned he he obviously can but i i think people are underestimating what the party will do once it has selected a nominee i think it we're going to close ranks i think we are going to be be all in on turning trump out of office assuming assuming that warren is the uh nominee and and I still think that Biden uh, has as good a chance as anyone oh, right. and- to win this thing, in which case we for sure will have a less
1: polarizing candidate. So she is the favorite in a, in the betting markets to, to win the nomination right now.
0: Right. Hillary um, was the favorite in the betting markets to win the presidency uh, four years ago.
1: Fair enough. So do you, do you take... Do you take Warren or the field right now? Oh, I definitely take the field. Definitely take the field.
0: I take the field, by the way, against Biden too. This thing is so far from over. And back to my correct answer on the impeachment inquiry not being a distraction, when there is a trial of the president in the Senate, You're going to see Senator Warren, Senator Harris, Senator Booker, Senator Klobuchar, Senator Sanders, leaving out a few, I'm sure, Senator Bennett. I I don't expect it, but you don't know who has a moment in that that could launch a candidacy. You don't know whether Mayor Pete wins Iowa. He just raised another $20 million. He is not going away. He's out there knocking on doors. I just think that the, the, I take the field against any individual candidate.
1: True or false, red state Senate Democrats will vote to convict Donald Trump when the House sends articles of impeachment to the Senate. True. That needs no
0: explanation.
1: No, I I think it absolutely, I think if you're Joe Manchin, if you're You don't think
0: Burt Jones, Burt Jones is the, in the reddest uh, of red states, Senator, Doug, I'm sorry, excuse me, Doug Jones, Senator Jones is for sure voting to convict, uh, to convict President Trump. Joe Manchin is voting to convict President Trump, even though he isn't up for reelection. It's a political calculation. No, it is a vote of conscience, and it is a vote of constitutional duty, and these men and women take their oath of office seriously, and it's not even a close call. That, that I'm more confident of this answer than either of the previous two, even though I, I misspoke
1: uh, Doug Jones' name there. That's funny because I'm, I'm not at all. I think that, first of all, I think there are... By
0: the way, Corey Republican. Gardner? Yeah. Susan Collins, Martha McSally right. are also going they,
1: to vote to convict them. They could, you could see crossover in both directions, I think. I mean, look, we'll see what the facts are. We'll see what is laid out. We'll see what kind of case gets made. Well, right, right, true. But I think that it is entirely possible that you may have red state Democrats who are unwilling to vote to convict. We'll see. I, that would
0: really surprise me.
1: What do you make, uh, you referenced the fundraising before, um, strong quarter for Bernie Sanders again, strong quarter for Buttigieg, we don't have, do we have we all the know, numbers at this point? No, we point? don't know
0: Biden or Warren
1: yet, Right. or at least, had, we didn't know as of an hour or two ago. Well, this is, you've spent a lot of time raising money for Democratic politicians. What, how much does this how much does this actually matter? Well, oh, it
0: matters a lot in in this respect. It matters because candidates quit when they run out of money, and candidates rarely quit when they have a bunch of money in the bank until the voters have spoken and spoken definitively and and more than once. so what we are seeing uh is very significant because Sanders is not going away. He will take this right through Iowa, right through New Hampshire, right through the campaign, uh, the primaries, the caucuses, to the convention. Mayor Pete's not going away. He will be in Iowa. He will be in New Hampshire. He will be in South Carolina, Nevada. Maybe maybe he gets nowhere and, and is out by Super Tuesday. But raising the money matters a lot because it keeps you in the race. It doesn't mean you're going to get any votes. If this were, if the fundraising correlated exactly with your popularity, Pete would be tied with Bernie and Elizabeth and Joe. He's not yeah, so, and but why? But he's not going away,
1: right? Because it it's clearly, October first. Clearly, it weeds out the underperformers we've seen that already and it literally weeds them out in terms of the debates and right and all that but what does it say about their relative popularity i mean they're raising a ton of money from a ton of people
0: yeah it says that at least those four have a ton of people with whom they're very popular and to whom they're willing to uh, to give their money I want to see what Harris did because she needs to have enough money to get to Iowa. I think she will. I want to see what Booker and Klobuchar did. They are raising.
1: Booker raised, said he raised enough to stay. Yeah. By a, by a hair.
0: Yeah. That means he raised a couple million dollars, not 20 million, not 24
1: million. Yeah, and we'll see if if they can go the distance till the voting starts. But I guess, why is Buttigieg raising so much money but not rising in the polls? That's because
0: there are two different populations (laughs) represented in those two different categories. He has a fundraising base, a very strong fundraising base that will not abandon him. But that fundraising base is in New York and in California and in some places, Chicago, some places in between. Uh, I don't know that he's raising that much money in Iowa or in New Hampshire or in South Carolina. They just measure different things. And I don't think the, the fact that Pete is not rising in the polls is any kind of disconnect with the fact that he continues to raise enormous amounts of money because it's two different populations you're looking at. And, and do not, do not count him out. He will have the money. He isn't going anywhere. He has a very compelling story and he's going to get a chance to tell that story to a lot of people in Iowa and a lot of people in New Hampshire, and he he could he could be a surprise win, place, or show. All he needs to do is win, place, or show. And Bernie
1: raised six million dollars more than he did right in the quarter. Right. I mean, it's no, unbelievable. Bernie I, Bernie has a movement. Right. Bernie's not a Democrat.
0: I don't know that we even know. How many Democrats versus other are contributing to Bernie? But he has over a million contributors. But Bernie's a movement. Bernie is is also interesting in that uh, if you went just by the number of contributors and even by the volume of dollars,
1: you would think he'd be doing better. So Kamala raised eleven point six million. That's a good I'm number. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up as we, as we talk. Booker raised $6 million. Yep. Uh, Bernie raised $25 million. Right. So Kamala raised a lot of money, but less than half of...
0: But all you need is enough money to make it to Iowa. Bernie has enough money to make it to Milwaukee. Kamala doesn't. But if she makes it to Iowa, and that's a good number, if she can do that again the fourth quarter, she will for sure be there in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. And if she can win, place her show, she'll reload on the money.
1: Meanwhile, she just shook up her campaign. Yeah. She she brought her Senate chief of staff over and someone else from her Senate office to run, to play key roles in the presidential campaign, took them out of the Senate office obviously going to people she can trust. She thinks she feels like she can trust. Well, it's Uh, a measure of her seriousness too. By the measure of her seriousness, it's a measure of her campaign. I mean, she caught fire out of the gate when she announced right, and has kind of floundered the last few months, at least like through the summer. She's just, she's not looking strong. I still think personally, and and look, you and I have been in you and I have been in rooms with her. I still think that she's one of the I think she's one of the people that are still in the Democratic race that can actually take Trump on. That I think could stand toe to toe with him on a debate stage, right? No actual, question, and give him a real run for a real run for his money. Now she is and, very well, tough. Very, very tough, strong. very
0: strong. She would be a great debater, as would your friend Elizabeth, by the way, against Trump. But but Kamala, you know, I was at her campaign headquarters in Baltimore a week or so ago, and I, I know it just got shook up, you said, and I don't know who if anybody is gone. But I was very impressed that that they have a plan and that they are executing their plan. Their plan is one place or show in Iowa and New Hampshire. And she will probably have the money now. She may have another debate performance, she's capable of it, that could bring her back higher in the polls. Maybe she has a moment in an impeachment trial in January. Maybe. There isn't one. Maybe she doesn't, but I agree with you. She she remains a contender, and if you just look back at history here, John McCain in two thousand eight, at this point was broke and fired everybody and went on a maverick campaign by himself, and then reloaded the the finances and rehired campaign staff and became the nominee. So I I just think this talk that it's a three-person race that nobody else is in it or should be taken seriously. I think that's that's vastly premature.
1: Look, I I think it's this is this election is different. And it's different because there is very 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 strong sentiment in the democratic party with respect to the importance of removing trump from office and frankly in parts of the republican party i mean i know he's got 90 plus percent approval ratings amongst republicans but establishment republicans uh, at least would many would like to see him out of office so i think it's
0: it's Well, it's a smaller Republican party, by the way, that he has 90% of. The party is actually shrinking under Trump.
1: If Biden gets the nomination, assuming he stays healthy, he can like phone it into every debate. He's going to win going away. I think so. Although I think he is not
0: our best debater to go up against Trump, but that shouldn't matter. matter. That, I agree with you.
1: Let Trump talk for yep. an hour.
0: Biden. Well, you're making Biden's argument. Biden's argument is electability. I happen to believe, nobody talks about this, but I actually think he would be the best president among the Democratic candidates. I think he is the president the country needs now. I think he, as a transitional figure, just to get back from the abyss and on solid ground but he's he's very interesting uh in in these primaries and caucuses because he is he is at the same time i i think he is at the same time as likely to be the nominee as she is elizabeth or anyone else and he is as likely to collapse as anyone because his entire campaign is is built on electability. And if, if that cracks, there's nowhere for him to go.
1: So, so let's just take you. I mean, you're a staunch Democrat. You've been one your whole life. You want to see Trump gone above all else. I, above all I know, else. I know because I talk to you five times a day. So what are you like? What are you thinking? i mean i'm not I'm not asking you who you're going to vote for um, how do how do you how yeah. does this thing evolve in a way so that you achieve your ultimate objective? Because the way it's evolving right now, it is unquestionably less certain in my mind anyway, that Elizabeth Warren beats Donald Trump than that Joe Biden beats Donald Trump. We just oh, I agree with that less certain less certain. I didn't say impossible yeah, but not what impossible, I but less certain. so how do you how do you make sure what do you do? What does the Democratic party do to try to achieve the ultimate goal? Well, the
0: Democratic Party does at least doesn't some things. of what
1: happened in twenty sixteen. The view that the DNC was all in for Hillary and didn't right. let Bernie exactly and right. The DNC, hurt. the
0: the Democratic Party doesn't rig it, doesn't tilt it towards anybody. Democratic Party lets this play out and lets the votes fall where they may. And trusts that a winner is going to emerge from this process and that we can all unite behind him or behind her. And in the meantime, between now and then, the Democratic Party in Congress pursues this impeachment inquiry, brings articles of impeachment, if appropriate, which they are and they will be brought, and then puts the president on trial for his high crimes and misdemeanors and and yeah, we see you, where that goes but that's a much that's irrelevant more relevant
1: to the choice between the candidates it's not irrelevant to the choice
0: between the candidates if one of the candidates breaks out as a result of that process it's uh, also it's not irrelevant if to everyone's surprise, the president ends up being removed. Very unlikely. But we don't know how this is going to break.
1: Oh, but let's assume: that And the that's Senate why the most important
0: thing the party can do is have an honest, untilted, straight-up, robust debate, pick a nominee and
1: unite. I disagree, because at the end of the day, it is a sliver. Of voters that decide this election, and if you want to win, you've got to convince those that sliver of voters.
0: And well, so, now see, I think I think it's going to be different than in 2004. John Kerry won Iowa, won New Hampshire. It was over in 2008. Barack Obama won Iowa, did not win New Hampshire, but proceeded to wrap it up quickly, even though it it dragged on for a while. I think this, this is unlikely to be a year in which Iowa and New Hampshire pick the Democratic nominee. I think with, with so many strong candidates, I think with the support being so close, I think that this could well go into Super Tuesday when it's anything but a slice, when it is just
1: a no, mass. No, I'm not talking about the primary. I'm talking about the general to win the general election you've got to convince a sliver of voters to vote democratic as opposed to republican no you got to conv- no?
0: no no you got to convince democrats or independents to come out and vote there are more people in this country by a lot who do not want Donald Trump to be president then do want Donald Trump to be president. And what you have to do is bring those people out and unite behind whomever the opposition, whomever the Democratic nominee is. I think it's what you said
1: before. This is not like any other year. I just look at the end of the, the electoral map is shrinking, not expanding. and. You've got you've got to convince certain key demographics to come out and vote. You got to convince people to come out and vote. You're right. But the result, (laughs) I mean, it's sad, like my vote in Maryland is irrelevant. Now, I don't I have no idea who I'm going to pull the lever for in November of 2020. But we already know whoever I vote for where Maryland's electoral votes are going. There's no question they're going for whoever the Democratic nominee is. Right. There are a handful of states where we don't know that a handful and there uh, are a handful more uh, that more the Arizona's and the North Carolina's that are are in play. You know, the demographics are shifting more to the Democrats, but but they're secondarily in play, it's it's Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Florida. Florida being
0: well, Florida's always been the top of the list,
1: but I, I, I think, I think we don't all know. That, we all don't that know. You guys should be thinking about is what's going to move voters in those places. Well, what's that gonna move, again, specifically, what's going to move the voters in those places to what matters. And I, I mean, look, we all know there's a disconnect between the primary electorate and the general election electorate more extreme more partisan people show up for for the primaries than do and and you get a much more moderate uh electorate for the general but i don't know
0: generals are always uh fighting and winning the last war i think uh being the the good general that you are you are fighting the last war obviously obviously The Democratic nominee is not going to become the president if he or she doesn't win Pennsylvania, doesn't win Michigan, probably has to win Wisconsin, too. But but four years ago, nobody thought that the election was about Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. That was the blue wall. And it had been the blue wall. And suddenly, the blue wall is gone, and that's where the election lies. I just don't think it's four states; I think there are eight nine ten states where the Democrat is gonna to have to perform and And so is Trump if he is to be reelected, which um which we're all hoping, at least on this end of the microphone, is, is not the case. But I just, I just caution everybody uh, to be a little wary of, of fighting the last war this time, because it'll be different. The, the one thing we can count on is something that we aren't counting
1: on today, and Speak, it'll be different. Speaking of something we're not counting on today, so it's October... Um there are often surprises in election years in October. <laughs> October is also notorious for surprises in the stock market. But right now, the market was down today, but it's near its all-time high. Um, the market isn't the which is the best indicator of future results, is is or or sentiment as far as where things are headed, is Predicting continued US economic vibrancy and shrugging off the political discord in this country. I just think that's I think it's interesting. I think it, it can change. Um there's a lot there's a lot on China and trade that's baked into the market. It's kind of rebounded from four or six weeks ago where there was a, you know, very big concern about
0: well the, yeah, and all the idiot tariffs, tariffs
1: being imposed right? but they're gonna you know and, and there's it's uh yeah, quieted down but but it's gonna come back up in the next couple of weeks in fact next week we'll do um a special podcast on specifically on china and tariffs with our friend steve myro the, the economy the market is telling us that you always say what well, look at what the market is telling us well, the market right now is telling us that um it's bullish in general on the u s economy, and that obviously plays a huge role as far as the election is concerned as well
0: true that that it does. I think that uh, to foreshadow uh your conversation next week with um, with Miro, uh, everyone knows there is going to be a trade deal with China. Everyone knows Trump is going to make a deal before standing for reelection, whether it comes in January or July, uh, or October who, who knows, but, but I think we all know that that deal is coming. It isn't going to be a good deal. It isn't going to be any kind of deal. China is playing Trump. China is going to wait him out until it gets closer to the election and he needs a deal. And then he'll make a deal that doesn't change anything. Well, he will
1: make a deal. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm predicting He will predicting make that. a deal, but I don't think the Chinese are going to be making a deal anytime soon. And- Well- I don't, they're not going to be making a bad deal for them,
0: but he isn't going to insist on anything at the end of the day. We've seen that with all of these brilliant negotiations. We never get anything out of these. But my point in saying all of that is I believe that's baked into the market. The market goes up and down with tweets about China and with idiot tariffs being imposed. But but it is near its all-time high, notwithstanding that, as you point out, because i think I think china is is already
1: priced into this market. I actually think um that that China is definitely priced into the market, but I think a deal with China is priced into the market as opposed to the lack of a deal, and I think as we get as we go down the path and and it begins to be apparent that there isn't going to be a deal, the market actually but there is. will come down. No, well, the, I think... the
0: market would
1: react. The market knows a real deal from a pretend deal, and the market wants a real deal. And they're not going to get one. They're not going to get one because China's playing U.S. electoral politics, which I would be, too, if I were them. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. And, well, and what, they want Elizabeth Warren to be president. No, They, they know there's an election coming. They and know that,
0: they're going to get a deal with Trump next year.
1: Or they know that they know they're going to get a favorable deal. I don't think they're going to get any deal, but they know it'll be favorable because Trump will have to make some sort of a right, deal. That's what I'm on, saying. On their side, though, Hong Kong and protests, continue to dominate the headlines and, and they are, they can't afford for their own internal political reasons to, to cut a bad deal. So we'll see what happens. It's. Well,
0: it's, Myra will tell us next week. What's Myra will tell us next week. <laughs> but, but if he says anything other than that, Trump is going to make a weak deal next summer, then
1: he's mistaken. Okay. Well, why don't we leave it there? Good. Fun as always. And we'll be back next week with our friend Steve Myro and Mark. It's fun. It, it was a uh, a pleasure as always. Thank always you. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. To
0: learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.